0: like to fantasize in my mind that you know, if there's a Sunday on my way, somebody gets up here and says, "Hey, you know who's preaching again next week? Dr. Barnett." Because last week when I announced that JT was preaching, what did the youth do? Oh, yes, yeah, great, you know. And at that moment, I was really feeling love. Um, But uh, so glad the JT's here. Let me let me put youth on the spot. You're probably going to be scared to do this. Brian, you can start out or, or, or KT. If you were to describe. JT, how would you describe him as you know him, as you've heard him speak, that kind of thing? What words would you use? What comes to mind? An enthusiastic um, Jesus lover who is not afraid to proclaim it anywhere he walks. Okay, enthusiastic Jesus lover who proclaims it wherever he walks. That's a good way of putting it. And that's indeed what he does. So, come on, Laura, give us, give us a word. let like you describe JT. Just Have you heard him before? How would you describe it? Powerful. Powerful. What else? Somebody, another youth, come on. Everybody's looking away like, oh, don't look at me, look, don't look at me. <laughs> Anybody else? Philip, you're an articulate young man. Fired, up. Fired. Fired up? You don't want to fire him. Oh. Fiery. 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 Passionate about any others? Anyway, they were very excited, man, when they heard about this. And uh, the scripture readings are in Genesis and in 1 John, but, but get your thumb after that into the Gospel of John, because he basically breaks apart a good bit of... Uh, Uh, The gospel of John chapter 1 and does a great job. He's obviously a great athlete, even more so he's an incredible leader. I think clearly he's one of the more respected leaders at Sanford that I've seen in my 19 years there. And uh, some of y'all got to hear him speak when when, uh, Cam Thomas was here to preach and he brought grace along the journey like Tony will today. He also founded this wonderful worship ministry, outreach ministry called Ransom that meets on Monday nights at Sanford. They just started a UAB chapter, which I guess, are you overseeing that now? And you've kind of handed over the, the stuff to, now, Tony, are you doing Sanford or are you doing UAB? So you're helping out with the Sanford leadership at Ransom. It's a great ministry, great Bible-based preaching. So, again, these are just great guys.
1: Um, today's scriptures come from Genesis Chapter one, one through five, and First John one, one through four. That's uh, page one and page eight sixty-two in your pew Bibles. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty; darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and He separated the light from the darkness. God called God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. The word of the Lord.
2: Good morning. So I was already uh, thinking about what I would be speaking about even before Dr. Barnett asked me to speak here and I always just tell people I love this church. I mean, I really don't even get nervous even coming up here to speak because I have been here. uh, I was here the whole summer talking with the kids, speaking to the kids. They changed my life more than anything I said changed their life. So I'm I'm just at home here. Uh, I, I, I always tell people I know Jesus is here because I know love is here. The way you all love me this summer, even being in the South, I was like, you know, you want me to go where in Speak and what you know and that type of thing you know this guy you know you, you, and, and the thing about it is like I can't hide you know this big black guy here I can't I can't hide I can't just you know you know people will see me and so the the love you all show here in Birmingham Alabama uh just gives me hope hope for uh, the future to come and to Dr Barnett you know he asked me to speak and at first I was like I don't know and he was like well just think about it and then the next time I talked to him it was like it was kind of already set up, so it was like no way to say no, <laughs> and so. Uh, but it's just always fun coming because uh, having a word on your heart already. Because what the kids showed me this summer from speaking to them is that what if I always just stay in the word like that? You know, if I was always preparing for a message, whether I never had a, got a chance to speak it to anyone else or. Uh, got to what Dr. Barnett calls it, preach to anyone else, because I just call it speaking, but he says, you know, you're giving a sermon, I call it a message, but you know, either way, whether I'll speak it or preach it to anyone, I just, it just gets to change my own life, and so I'll start here uh, in John chapter 1, we'll progress forward, and hopefully we'll be out of here soon, Uh, and let me just let you know, uh, I will get excited, and so if someone uh, isn't scared, you might have to just raise your hand and let me know that I'm going a little too fast. I'm not articulating well. And as Hannah Barnett would say, I'm not using proper grammar. And so (laughs) chapter 1, verse 1 of John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I was posing this question to myself. Uh, I couldn't understand why so many people in today's age makes it seem as if God is irrelevant. As if God is something that should not be talked about as if uh, he is an entity that exists in ancient times but not of the present time. And so I just kept wondering because even in school, people make it seem like God is something you shouldn't talk about. One day you can be walking with God, the next day you can put him down almost as if a kid picks up and puts down the toy they get for Christmas. You know, they can almost put it away, and if a parent is looking for it, they can almost never find it. If a, if, if a real small kid puts it away, I mean, they can put it away in such a way you can never find it. And I feel like sometimes that's what we do with Jesus Christ. And so I went to go talk to the great theologian that I know, Dr. Barnett, and I said, you know, what does this what, what, what is this? The word. What does that phrase mean? Because I presume to think that it was meaning some form of knowledge or something. And he said, Well, well JT, I think what it's saying is that is this word meaning the logos. This idea that if you ask a, a Jewish scholar, they would say, Well, that's what the Hebrews, the Jewish people, they called God the Word. But if you talk to our Greek philosopher friends, they would say the word is an agent that keeps the world together, that keeps it from becoming too chaotic. And I was like, wow. I call John not just the Baptist. I call him John the great evangelist because what John did was he wanted, wanted to articulate to the people he were called to talk to in a way that they could understand. He didn't want to bring a new concept or a new word that they couldn't understand. He said, you call him the word? Well, let me tell you who the word is. And that's what I like so much about John because John, like, oh, man, I, I get too excited talking about it. I apologize. Well, I don't apologize because I can't help it. So I won't apologize for something I can't help. What John wanted to do was he, he was so keen on getting people to understand the God he was talking about. So that's why he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But this, not, this beginning is not just the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. What it's referring to is a pre-existence. A beginning before the beginning, if you will, that, that, that Jesus had already existed. The word that we're talking about here is Jesus Christ. Because that, 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 I, I had a lesser form, uh, a lesser view of Jesus Christ, uh, if it's okay for me to say. I didn't really understand that Jesus was God himself. Like in Hebrews where it says in uh, Hebrews chapter 1 that, you know, before God talked to our ancestors through the prophets of old. But now he has revealed himself in the exact representation of Jesus Christ. In in, in chapter 1 of John, it doesn't say in the beginning the word was with the angels. It says in the beginning the word was with God. He was right there with God. He had a place with God that he was high enough to be with God. And so John is letting you know that he is God. Verse 2 says he was with God in the beginning. So I was like, why would, in verse 1, he let me know that it was in the beginning? And then verse 2, John goes right back and lets you know, well, hold on. If you miss verse 1, he was in the beginning. And, and that's what I love so much about Scripture because so many times we just, we just read it as if we get a, we're getting a grade from it or if, someone is, if we have to write a paper and someone is going to grade it. But I, I like to read Scripture and just process it for a minute like, wow, because John is so deep. Uh, that the greatest philosopher mind will be expanded by reading it. But then it's so simple that even a baby can understand it. I was here uh, worshiping as Ethan was singing and it was a kid right behind me and she was just singing her lungs out. And I I was thinking that maybe she needs to come preach John. Maybe she needs to come speak because, I mean, she's sitting right behind Tony and she was just singing. She didn't care who was listening to her or what. And I was like, wow, what if I could have been like her at her age? Like, like, like she, she didn't care who, what, what anybody else thought, and that's what I like about kids. They, they don't get so caught up in what other people are thinking. All she's focused on is her God, and she just want to say how great is her God. She just want to communicate that to God, and if no one else cares about it, she knows that God cares. And so I figure, like, why do we miss it? Let's go, to, uh, John chap- Let's go to John chapter. 1, verse 3. It says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And so I keep going back to this question, why do people not care about God? If he created us, why don't we care? Like, how can the creation look at the creator and say, you know, ah, <clears throat> uh, I don't care about you? How can the, cre- the, the, the creation look at the creator and say, you know, the, the word, your precepts, your laws that you give me, I just throw it out of the window. I, I don't really care about you. I ball it up. And, and that's what we do with the word of God. That's what we do with, with Jesus Christ himself. We say, Jesus, I want nothing to do with you. But let me keep going along. It says, verse 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It cannot overcome it. Like, if you think of that about in Jesus Christ, is life. If we really want to live, how about we go to the source of life? Like, I, I mean, sometimes you, 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 you might not understand everything in the Bible but for me, I don't try to understand it all. I want some stuff to trip me up and not to be able to, to understand it. Like, how can God be the beginning and the end? Like, it blows my mind. So is, is, it, is it two different points or is it one point that, that, that really is inseparable? Like, that's, that's when I start thinking, like, wow, it's deep. And so people want to go read so many other books. And they say, well, what, what this author said is so deep. And I'm like, no, really it's not. Really, all this author is is saying is trying to take something from the Bible and make it seem like he came up with it. Verse 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And so John begins to lay out who he is and that he came that all might believe. The word says that he came that all might believe. And so I tend to try to think of myself as like, what if I thought like John? What if I didn't say, well, this person, I probably need to talk to him or I probably need to talk to her or this person looks fitting for the kingdom of heaven. Let me tell them about Jesus. What if I went around and I approached everybody as if God wanted them to believe? And so sometimes I stop so you can think about it because it's not just for the person speaking. It's for you all to think about what if you all went about your daily life like John and you, and, and you wanted to talk to people, you want to live in such a way that all might believe. Verse 10, I figure it's not like the answer to my question, but it let me know that my question was okay. Because verse 10 reads, he was in the world, and although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Like how sad had had, had to have been for Jesus Christ to know that you created this thing, and the thing that you created looks at you and says, I do not recognize you. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so I I tell people that the very thing God did, that he transcended from heaven to earth so that we might understand who he is, so we will have no excuse. Uh, The the people of old would say, that our ancestors would say, well, I I can't see God. I don't know where he is. And, and, And God said, well, and they would say, I don't understand God. And God said, well, I'll become just like you, so you will have no excuse. And the very thing he did for us to understand, we didn't look at him and say we don't recognize him. That's why you have all these different sects of, of, of what they call Christianity. I don't call it Christianity because any lesser view of Jesus Christ than him being God is not Christianity. There's no gospel without Jesus Christ. And, and people say, well, people mention Jesus Christ. If Jesus is just a prophet, then there's no gospel. If Jesus is not God, then there is no gospel. There is no hope. You might as well just do the craziest things in the world because there is, there, there's no hope for an afterlife. But I tell people, I believe in Jesus Christ, and, and, and don't pity me. Don't look at me as if, and say that, well, this is this God that he believes in, and, and poor him, because it's, it's not poor me. I have a reason to live now. Like, I have a reason to get up in the morning because I understand that Jesus would, would, would come down here to, 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 to earth and dwell with me. The Word says that, and, and, that, that the Word became flesh meaning that God became human in the pre-existence before God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus was not man. And so, I, it, 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 oh man, it, it gets me so excited because I get to understand that God did something, that God became man. He did not become an ant. He did not become an elephant. He did not become a monkey. He said that I want to save humans, so it's no excuse for them to not believe in me. He will become a human then my other friends would say, well, Jesus, if you would just give me a sign, if I had Jesus right here with me, I would believe, and I look at John chapter 1, and I said, no, you wouldn't, because these people saw Jesus, and they still did not believe. I'm going to keep scurrying along. Verse 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband will, but born of God. And so the author wants to make clear here that you understand that it's nothing that you did. You're not so good. And the reason I love it, as I was telling the, uh, the, the first group, is that if it was up to you, if it was up to human will or human decision, you would not let me in. Because I would do something that, to, to, to anger you. Or I would do something, I would step on your toe. Or I would say something not meaning any harm. And you would take it as if I, 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 I talked about your mother or your father. And so you would say, no, JT cannot get in. You say, no, he cannot get in. So that's why I love my God so much because you have no say-so on whether I get in. And so for you all who people say, you know, well, you, you, your past life is so bad. They have no say-so on whether you get in or not. Then I stop right here because I start thinking about, well, if we get to become children of God, that God had to do something in us to to connect us with himself. So that's why he sent Jesus because he had to be a perfect mediator. A mediator being that a person understands both sides in the the, the argument. But the thing that Jesus became flesh, meaning that he could understand our side also. But then at the same time, he wouldn't wouldn't fall on God's side. So it was a war at hand, and what Jesus did was, Jesus declared there'll be peace. Because God could not just uh, wipe the slate clean and say, well, no, your sins you committed, I won't worry about them anymore. See, if I was God, what I would have done, it was I would have wiped clean the existence of humanity. I would say, say, not as if I would forgive your sins, I would say, away with all of you all. And so maybe what I would have done is says I would have sweeped you all into the sea, and I would have started another existence, another existence that would have obeyed me. But God said, no, I love them so much, I won't start another existence. What I would do is I would send my son. And so I look at creation in Genesis chapter 1, and then I look at the creation John is talking about here, referring to Genesis chapter 1, and I start thinking about 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I can tell I'm getting a little excited because I'm speaking fast. I'll slow down. <laughs> but 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says what? If anyone is in Christ... They are a new creation. It didn't say if anyone was in an angel of anyone was in some form of another God. Tony always told me that I need to have more of a respect for other religions because he said that uh, I have a lesser view of them. And I said, well, my thing is I really don't have a view of them because the only religion I can really understand is Jesus Christ. I say that they have good stories and other religions have good stories and they follow good strict laws and they still mess them up but they say they still proclaim this religion. That's cool and that's great. So like Dr. Barnett says, Tony wants to keep me theologically and whatever. What Tony tries to do is keep me from what he says, talk reckless. But sometimes I think the gospel is reckless. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is reckless. Because what Jesus said, no one else can come through the Father except through him. So he's the guard at the door and either you come through him or you don't get in at all. He made no other passageway for you to get in. And so right here where we see that what, what, what John is saying that he gave you the right to be children of God. I started looking at creation and Dr. Barnett to me it, it, it messed me up. You all might not understand what that means but I communicated it to the youth in summer in the summer is that when I say something messes me up it's I, I cannot really understand it but it's a good little feeling I get. It's like mmm. <laughs> it's like it's better than cake. It's better than candy. And so the thing is right here I start looking at Genesis chapter 1 net creation story. And I started seeing like, wow, it says he, the earth was void and God made something out of nothing. But when Jesus was perform, performing this creation work with salvation, he had, he, he had a fight on his hands. In the first creation, there was no fight. The nothing did exactly what God told it to do and it became, and God said, it is good. But this time when God was redeeming us to himself, there was a fight on his hands. We, we did not just want to go. We, we, we said, God, no, I really don't want to do it. But God showed his power in bringing us to him anyway. And so I said, I, I, it made me praise Jesus on a whole other level because I said, Jesus, you have to be God to, to be able to fight uh, uh, this, this, this uh Opposing force in our heart because it's in a force that's, that doesn't have the um, armory of, of tanks and weapons. It, 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 it was a fight that was worse than, worse than World War I or World War II or, or, or what people think of mass chaos and that type of thing. No, it, it was a fight that was worse because the fight was right here in our mind. It's a fight that you can't see sometimes, and so Jesus made this fight, and he has overcome it, as John 16, says. It says, in the world you have trouble, but in me you have peace. Behold, I have overcome the world. He means the entire world. Anything of the world, anything that is opposing to him, he has overcome it. And so I start thinking, like, wow, Jesus, I see what you did there. And then, you know, two or three years from now, I'll probably be like, wow, Jesus, I see what you did there, because I'm always trying to grow in more of an understanding of what Jesus has done, never Never, like Paul said, never attaining it, but always striding towards it. And so then we keep going along in this passage, and it says, verse 16 says, verse 16 says, out of his fullness, the offer have received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It, it, it's, it's grace because it's nothing you could do. And the Christians will understand that more. It's not that you become a Christian and you're so good the reason you get in heaven. It's like you can become a Christian, God changes your heart, and God sees the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's the only atoning sacrifice for you to get into heaven. You don't become a Christian. Like I told my friend that let me to Christ, I said, I don't condemn people because what I, I know what I have done before I become a Christian. He said, no, the reason you can't condemn anybody because what you have done since you have become a Christian. It just pierced me right here because at that point I had thought I'd become so good that, that I deserved heaven. And Jesus is always telling me the only way you even get a foot in heaven is because of what I have done. And if you will really trust and believe in it. Let's go down towards the end of the chapter. I'm going to skip to verse 35. It says the next day John was there Again, with two of his disciples, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Like, look, the Lamb of God. He said it before. And and, and the reason I I like how John says it, because before this verse, you you would see where John testifies about who he is, only to let you know that he has authority to speak about who God is. So it's like John only tells people about himself to tell others about Jesus Christ. And like I mentioned in the first service, like, if you want to lose friends, just start telling them about Jesus Christ. If you have too many contacts in your iPhone or other uh, 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 connection device, just just start telling those people about, about Jesus. I dare you to just text everybody in your, in your uh, phone about Jesus, and you'll start saying people, those people probably won't even text you back. Because there's something about God where people are comfortable with God, but when you start mentioning Jesus, it just, it just, it just does something to people. People get aggravated. People start getting irritated because... It, it, the thing about Jesus is his conviction somewhere, because you start saying that I couldn't do something, but Jesus could. And so around about verse thir- 35, I, I, it, it, this hit me this morning, because it says, 36 says, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. So John says, look, the Lamb of God. And it says, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus, turning around. Jesus, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? I feel like Jesus is asking us that question a lot of times. What do you want? Like, you're you, you around me, but what do you want? Why do you come to Brookwood Baptist? Like, like, at the end of the day, what do you want? What do you want? Do, do you want people to like you more? Do you want people to love you? And, and those things are, are good. Those, those things are, I call it like side effects of the gospel, that you start getting a different little community. But What do you want? And I stopped so you can ask yourself that. What do you want? Because I had to start asking myself that. Like, I was like, how blunt is that, Jesus? Like, someone starts talking to you like, what do you want? Like, like what do you want? Like, I, I, I want to start asking people, like, when you're around me, like, I wish I could just ask them, what do you want? Like, are you just around me to see what you can get? Or you are just around me because, you know, I might make you laugh? Or, you know, why are you around me? But, but Jesus asked this question, and, and, and look at the response of what the people said. They said, Rabbi... Where are you staying? So Jesus said, what do you want? And they asked Jesus a question. And then I like how Jesus just started ending conversation because he says, come, he replied, and you will see. So he, he made it where there's no more questions to be asked. He said, come, and you will see. Later on, you will see what he, uh, what he, what he tells one of the disciples, follow me. And the youth helped me understand it because I was preparing for that message. And I think it's Amos 3.3 says that if, if, how can two walk together unless they agree? And I started saying, well, Jesus had to understand this more than anybody else because he understands that you can talk a talk. That you can say a lot of good things and you can make a lot of fine-sounding arguments to Jesus, but will you follow him? Like I think that's why Jesus said foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no way, nowhere to lay his head. That this walk just wouldn't be so easy. And you start seeing that, that like, what, do you, what what, should you do? Like, JT, after all this you said, like, I have encountered God. I understand that he's the mystery of the universe that they talk about in Colossians. In Hebrews, he's the exact representation of God. It, like uh, Caleb mentioned in uh, Colossians chapter 1 that he's the invisible God. Like, like, what does all this have to mean? Yeah, you have an encounter with him, but you have an encounter and then you leave. No, look what Jesus said. He said, come and see. The scriptures go on to say that they not only went and saw, but in there going and seeing they stayed with him for the rest of the day but a lot of times we say prayer is too long, church is too long I'm about, about to get ready to close because in a minute you'll start talking about me and say he spoke for too long <laughs> but if we would just go and see not at church, not when Dr. Barnett prompts you, but if we would just go and see in, in our own quiet times you can ask my roommates and, 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 and stuff at Sanford. Sometimes I just scream like Tony screamed out loud, like, like Jesus, because I I just can't wrap my mind around it. If you look at John, the the, the end of the book of John, it says that if, if the world basically was a library, it, it, it couldn't fit all the miracles and works that Jesus Christ did. And, and why? Because... the if Jesus is the ultimate pre-existence of creation, if he's the existence of life, if there's nothing that can come before him, nothing that can come after him, if he really is the first and the last, it's nothing that he can create that can, that can consume everything of him, that can talk about everything of him. Passion of Christ did a very good job of articulating the gospel, but it can't show every good work because it, it, it is not God himself. And so I always... It's like to invite people that if you really want to know who Jesus Christ is, start reading this word. Because I think what the world needs now is not more preachers, not more teachers. It, it, it's more everyday Christians that would just read the word of God. I, I happened upon reading these stories and I was like, wow. I didn't know that, that John was, w- heard about God from, heard about Jesus from the Father and then he spoke and there was Andrew and Andrew went and told his brother Simon Peter and then later on Philip would, 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 would be talking about God and him and Nathaniel would be talking and they would come up and say, they were like, this is the Messiah who, who, who the Old Testament has been talking about. And so the word, the logos, the thing that people have been trying to write about for creation, John is here articulating that if you really want to know about this God, this thing that orders the universe, this, this, this Jesus Christ, like, 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 like if, you, if you really want to know about the cosmos, let's first understand who Jesus Christ, where there is ultimate wisdom, where there is ultimate peace, what there is and nowhere else is found, salvation. And so I, I challenge you not to read Proverbs, Psalms, and all these other books of the Bible if you don't first understand who Jesus Christ is. Proverbs makes it make you feel good. You learn all these, all these different wisdoms and stuff, but w- without seeing it through the lens of Jesus Christ, we have all missed it.